0: Oh, hello there. Welcome to episode 34 of RetroNuts Live, 1UP.com's retro gaming podcast. As always, I am your host, Bob Mackey. And in case you couldn't tell, this week's episode is going to be a bit different than most of our normal episodes. Uh, since OneUp is currently on Christmas break, I've squirreled myself away in my holiday cabin located in parts unknown. And this is our Christmas special. So instead of gathering the normal crew for a rowdy discussion on a retro topic... I've invited each of my beloved co-workers to visit, grab a hot mug of wassail, and bring their own topic to the table before I force them back out into the cold and harsh winter winds. And there are probably wolves I should note also. Uh, And in case you're wondering if I'll be visited by three Christmas ghosts in the spirit of every cliched uh, Christmas special, rest assured this will not happen. I have ghost-proofed this podcast with the finest in mail-order products. And you know what? I even turned away the Muppets for fear that they brought the wrathful specter of John Denver with them. And let me tell you guys, when it comes to John Denver's ghost, you can never be too careful. But anyways, uh, to get things started, throughout the podcast I'll be ranking and playing my five favorite wintry, Christmassy video game tracks between visits from my co-workers. So hey, let's start things off with number five, which is Snow Mountain from Super Mario 64, uh, composed by the one and only Koji Kondo. And I should note that the N64 didn't have the best musical chops in the world, but hey, This song really captures the magic of Mario's first 3D experience in a winter wonderland. And if you guys pay attention, you'll notice that this song is actually a remix of the game's main theme. So hey, listen and enjoy. I have two very special guests uh, visiting me at my Christmas cabin. Uh, let me introduce them. Actually, I'll have them introduce themselves. To my right, I have uh,
1: Marty Sleva. And Marty, who are you? I uh, do things for my cheats. I don't really have a title, but okay, it could be Czar, Czar of yeah. uh, my cheats, czar, czar of my soon cheats, to be yes. Martycheats.com.
0: Marty yes, 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 look for it uh, in the future. And who else do we have? I'm Ray Barnhold. Thanks for having me, Bob. No problem. What do you Uh, put in this
2: cocoa? Cinnamon? (laughs)
0: uh, It's not been tested by the government, but um, let me know if you have any side effects afterwards. Tastes like cinnamon. And uh, yeah, it should warm you up All right, and uh, make you see things. Anyways, we're here uh, with these two uh, lovely gents uh, because they have decided, in the spirit of giving, to bring their topics to the table in this great celebration of Mm -hmm. um, something happened on Christmas. I don't know. Is it a president's birthday? Who knows? (laughs) Marty what did you want to talk about today uh
1: yeah so my my topic is uh the epitome of a first world problem and that is uh <laughs> games i received uh for christmas that uh i guess were less than stellar so okay hugely disappointing games uh mostly you know i, I was pretty from a young age i i kind of knew what i wanted and i usually asked for good things but uh, every once in a while something would sneak through um so the first one i want to talk about was it, it's not the game's fault it really was uh my fault but uh we got uh dragon quest in uh the christmas of uh 89 or dragon warrior i guess mm-hmm. um and uh i i enjoy the game now but i was three at the time or two and a half mm-hmm. and uh yeah. the only game i'd played before that was mario and so uh a game where you had to read and uh input things and uh navigate menus that was just a little uh, ahead of my time right. So it was really... Uh, yeah, did you home-
0: have uh, an older brother or sister?
1: I did, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was uh, five years older than me, so he was able to... And I think we um, we got the game, I think we just... Uh, we got a subscription in Nintendo Power as a gift, and it, yeah, came, it came with... Yeah, that's it uh, worked with the subscription Um, and so he seemed to enjoy it a lot more than I did and uh, I would watch him play but then when he left the room I would try to play and just fail miserably so Mm. (laughs) um, yeah that really set me up for just a lifetime of disappointment he
0: never offered to be your interpreter like Uh,
2: (laughs) this is what's happening uh, and then just lie to you oh he made up his own story yeah Yeah, yeah. it's Um, one thing to can't read but to not read not be able to read like some of the the, that weird language in it right right, (laughs) the old English yeah yeah. I didn't know regular English
1: yeah that was
0: double challenging wow what Uh, were they doing so yeah, Dragon Warrior Drag- was a bust. Dragon did you ever Warrior return was... to it, like uh, uh, when you became literate?
1: Yeah, I did, but uh, I didn't return to it until after I'd already played uh, Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger. So uh, mm. it really, you know, <laughs> it, it felt very archaic. But um, you know, I'm able to appreciate it. Even. Yeah. Um, and I so. guess uh, the next game uh, I have revisited, and I <laughs> certainly do not appreciate it. Uh, that came the uh, Christmas of '95, and it was uh, Batman Forever for the uh, Super Nintendo.
0: Right. Which, <laughs> Wait.
1: <no>. Uh, <laughs> Um, So, yeah, I was still at that age where I couldn't really differentiate uh, quality from, uh, you know... From Batman? From Batman. It's not your fault. The country was in another Batman mania, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Or or Batmania. Exactly. (laughs) As it's
0: typically called. Yeah. Um, And also Jim Carrey. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so somehow, yeah, I I enjoyed the movie. I don't know how that happened. But uh, then, uh, so, you know, how wouldn't I enjoy the game? But uh, it turned out the game was horrible. Yes, it was uh, technically impressive because it had load screens on the... uh, super nintendo that told you to hold on so uh yeah because it had to load so much awesome yeah Yeah. i feel like there's this little like asshole in the game who's just (laughs) angry that he was in my house hold um, on hold on games are coming yeah it's a great guy from brooklyn yeah that what the game had like motion capture or it had uh it's like it tried to (laughs) it tried to (laughs) try to like pit
2: fighter or whatever yeah Yeah. high high resolution you're saying uh right right some high resolution mode in that yeah, game. yeah it was a very advanced game in that way and mm. a high res mode that a lot of games didn't have
1: and i mean yeah. what could you run uh like what what was capable of running high resolution uh, Batman uh forever
0: that <laughs> uh, the menu's in secret of mana <laughs> right Wait, really? and uh some weird graphic
1: mode in kirby's dreamland 3 <laughs> i true. think yeah I don't even know what this don't, is like don't this judge is. me on this please <laughs> um and so i guess the last one i want to talk about was uh The Christmas in 99, uh, which was a great Christmas for me because I got uh, Dreamcast. Mm -hmm. That was awesome with uh, Sonic Adventure and Soul Calibur. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I I really love both of those games. Um, But but, (laughs) uh, like probably both of you at the time, I was a a really big South Park fan. And uh, I happened to get South Park Chef's Love Shack. Mm -hmm. Uh, Love L-U-V, of course. Right. Um, and for those of you who don't know, it was uh, a uh, kind of just a Mario <laughs> Party ripoff mixed with a trivia game. Was uh, uh, the Sonic Sonic Shuffle? Is that what it was oh, called? Yeah. Was that out at the time? No, I think that was later. I think that was, that was, a was few later. like two thousand. Yeah, yeah. Because Mario Party was released in what ninety uh, eight? Is that right? Ninety nine?
0: Uh, I would say ninety eight. Okay, probably. So, so this was uh, hot on the
1: hot on the heels <laughs> of that, but. Uh, right. Is
0: that pre, pre-South Park Rally? I'm trying Pre-S- to think of all the shitty uh, yeah. South Park uh, yeah.
1: games. I mean, it was certainly after South Park 64, which is pretty much just Turok. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, this game, uh, it tried to uh, take old arcade games and put the... Uh, you know South Park spin on it but even you know that was one of those times where as much as I love the show at the time it was just a terrible terrible experience and that might have been the quickest I ever sold a game back to, uh, <laughs> yeah. back to EB Games is also Avages another great examples. is another great arc- acclaimed game right
0: oh. <laughs> weirdly enough i remember uh, this is like 14 years before gaming formers amazing south park cover yeah. it was a pc gamer had a South Park cover, and it had a picture of Cartman on it, and it said, oh, my God, they made a South Park game? Like, oh, my God, they killed Kenny, whatever. Yeah. And inside, they had a an interview with Trey Parker and Matt Stone where they were being very, like, you know, Trey Parker and Matt Stoney about their decisions, and they were saying how like South Park would never be an RPG or an adventure game because it was all about like finding keys and solving puzzles. And that's a, that's not what South Park's about. So that's why they wanted to make South Park an FPS. And look what what, what happened in that game. Yep. It's just like fog and turkeys yep, yep. for five hours, right? <laughs> uh, and actually, yeah, when I was doing Thanksgiving articles. I had to think, like, what is a video game with turkeys in it? And I can only think of South Park that, for, yeah, the, that, for the uh, N64 yeah, and yeah. PlayStation, I guess.
1: And there was just, a t- I don't know, were turkeys just, like, easy to render? Like, they just replaced uh, the, 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 the raptor code in uh...
0: I, I think it was one of those things, like, with early Simpsons games where they bought the license, but they only had, like, six episodes to watch. <laughs> right. And that year's uh, South Park Thanksgiving had, like, a Braveheart uh, yeah, parody yeah. with turkeys in it that's or right. something. And they are like, that's it. That's our yeah. game. <laughs> yeah.
2: They went to Trey and Matt and were like, what do you got? Well, turkeys. <laughs> turkeys and stuff. Evil turkeys, yeah. Okay, good.
0: I assume there were zombies at some point. I don't know. <laughs> I, I never played past the first stage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, there were aliens. Oh, you're right, yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess that was part of South Park. It was from point, the show, too. yeah. Weird. All right. Uh, anything else, Marty? <laughs> Uh,
1: No, those were uh, the three greatest mistakes of my life. So. Oh,
0: wow. <laughs> you're doing pretty good.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. I guess good I guess I can share um, a few
0: of my disappointing Christmas games. Uh, most of the time, I... Got everything I wanted because I made very cu- like carefully annotated lists with prices, where to find the games, what they look like, etc. Because my parents didn't know a lot about video games, except for my stepdad. He knew a lot about them. But my mom was doing the shopping for the most part. One year, I got Tetris 2 for some reason. Oh, wow. I didn't ask for it. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of a weird game. I don't know who made it. Was it Bulletproof Software? Or? No, it
2: was Nintendo. Okay, yeah. Oh, wow.
0: It just felt very odd to me. I don't know what, what it was about no. it. But it just, uh, I don't know. Tetris Mania was over at that point. I think it was Christmas of 92. So It, it came just, out in, like,
2: 93. Oh, you
0: know. maybe it was Christmas in 93. They yeah. got it early. Okay, yeah. Uh, well. I had a prototype. My mom broke into Nintendo because my uncle works there, by the way. Uh, Mario is coming out I don't in know, June. C-
2: maybe because of Puzzle Game, they got it for you because they thought it was educational, maybe, <laughs> or it help
0: you be smarter. Help me learn special relationships. Yeah. They just uh, wanted to push their uh, Soviet agenda onto you. So. Oh, I got to talk to my parents. <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, also, I remember, uh, like, obsessing over Dragon Warrior 3, to bring up Dragon Warrior again, mm-hmm. uh, reading Nintendo Power's article on it. That game must have had an insanely low press run because uh, my mom looked everywhere for it, but all she could find was Dragon Warrior 2, which was not the best Dragon Warrior game. Uh, I'm not a big fan of 2, and especially... It's really hard, isn't it? 2, like, especially yeah, hard it's a little for bit,
2: a... it's a little bit infamous. Yeah, yeah, and I was at,
0: like, 9 or 10, so... I mean, I enjoyed Dragon Warrior 2 because I had played 1, but I really wanted 3 because yeah. 3 looked amazing, and today right. uh, it's still my favorite Dragon Warrior. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I guess I can tell my story uh, real quick about... Um, I, my, before I had a Game Boy, the guy my mom was dating, who was now my stepdad, had a Game Boy, and he had uh, Castlevania: The Adventure or The Castlevania Adventure. <laughs> it's hard to tell where that "V" falls mm. into the statement, but uh, you figure it out. Anyways, uh, she did, she had assumed I liked it because I was playing it, of course, yeah. so she bought it for me. And uh, I don't know, mom, you didn't hide presents very well because I always found them, and I saw Castlevania, and I was like, no, this is not what I want. <laughs> this is Ducktales. How do I how do I like skirt this issue? Because you know. <laughs> I already know my Christmas is going to be disappointing. I'm going to have a Game Boy, but I'll have this Castlevania game that's kind of crappy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I don't know how gingerly I brought it up to my mom, but I was like, you know that Castlevania game I, uh, I was playing? I don't really like it. And she, I think she understood that I had seen the gift, but um, <laughs> I gave her, I gave her the alternate, which was Ducktales, which, which I really wanted. Okay. And I showed her the TV commercial. I'm like, that I want to be that duck. That's me. <laughs> that's me on Christmas. And uh, I did get Ducktales and Castlevania. And I I still have Castlevania uh, to this day, but it's still a crappy game, a crappy Castlevania
2: game. So she kept Castlevania.
0: Yeah, she didn't return it. I I don't know why, but uh, maybe it was, like, to teach me a lesson. (laughs) You have to to play Castlevania. You have to one hour of Castlevania. She would stand over
2: your shoulder and, like, force you to play it. I don't think you're giving your mom credit. With with
0: that eyeball. She
2: was just really generous.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Mom. (laughs) Uh, So, Ray, what... um, do you have any disappointing uh christmas games or uh no
2: not like no like you i you know i kept a tight leash and uh i didn't really get anything bad uh, at christmas it was usually outside of christmas where i made all the bad decisions <laughs> uh... and stuff like that
1: uh but yeah
2: yeah i, I feel like i can't uh, remember anything
1: you know uh, at least just speaking for myself around christmas i usually did my research i mean between all the different magazines, and I, I knew what I wanted, and you know, a vast majority of the time it was something good. So, uh, yeah, yeah, those are just kind of the rare exceptions. Hmm. It's really the the time
2: of year where you, you, you uh, save the big guns, you yeah. know? Exactly, yeah, so. exactly.
0: And I, I should say that, uh, I don't know, pre, like when we were kids, I guess. Uh, the hype machine had not fully like become what it is today. Yeah. So GameStop employees weren't selling you on everything yeah. or like store employees weren't selling you on everything. So I think parents were m- <laughs> much less informed, yeah. you know, because at one point uh, a mom or dad was just staring at a wall of tickets at a Toys R Us. <laughs> like what, what, are, oh, yeah. what is this I stuff?
2: About that. I remember a couple times I was like approached in the middle of a store by like moms asking me. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> that's I happened thought. to me too. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you look yeah. like you're young and know what to do. It's like, yeah. what is
0: this? Should I get Grand Theft Auto
2: 3 my kid? Little did
0: they know, they picked the right one. Yeah. <laughs> they picked the right guy. Sweet. So, Ray, uh, you had something you wanted to talk about today. I
2: do, and it's not very holiday-themed, but uh, it is something that crosses my mind every so often, because I just love all this history-type stuff. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> Retro. Um, but, yeah, I, I assume you guys are familiar with the game Spelunker. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Originally made, uh, well, published by Broderbund, and they... You know, maybe not all of our listeners know who Broderbund is, but, you know, they were a big software company back then. If you, if you were in school
0: in the 80s, you probably played some of their uh, their games <laughs> yeah. on, like, Apple Twos or whatever.
2: I'm just uh, covering all my bases. We may have some people born in the 90s. So uh, yeah, know. I realize that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Spelunker... Uh, was sort of like this naturalized Japanese citizen because it was made in America, a guy named Tim Martin. He, was, he used to be like crazy or Atari programmer, not crazy, crazy, but crazy good. And he made Spelunker and uh, went to Broderbund and then Broderbund sublicensed it to IREM in Japan, who we probably know of. And then IREM made like an arcade version and some other stuff and they sort of tried to push it out there as much as they can. But it was when they ported it to the Famicom, the NES, in, like, 1985. That was when it all blew up. Because, you know, the Famicom was pretty much the only game in town in Japan. And so, you know, every game was like an event. Every game would sell really well. And the same thing happened to Splunker, uh... It sold really well. Maybe also because Irem would put these little LED lights in their cartridges mm. that would light up when you turn the game on. I was thinking, so is that
0: was... the equivalent of the little yellow tab on the EA Sega Genesis cards? Oh, like, what did that yeah. tab do? Yeah. yeah,
2: well, this did something. Okay, right, I mean, that's that right. tab did not, but, <laughs> The yeah. tab didn't, like, explode it, when you turn on the system. Back. Yeah, they were both weird gimmicks that no one could really explain. Right. Um... So yeah, Splunker did really well, but then you know all the kids who were playing it started to realize, oh god, this isn't really that good. It's really hard, and there's all this crazy shit going on. Um, I think in actuality, the game isn't really that bad, it just has really crazy logic. Mm-hmm. Like, if you've played it, you realize like the Splunker really dies easily from like what looks like a a two millimeter drop
0: right <laughs> Yeah, you know? I, I think uh, like at that point game designers were using real world logic like of course yeah. i would break both my legs and die if i fell like off this platform not like <laughs> it was like pre-mario brothers i guess yeah. where it's like no a character can jump and land it's okay
2: yeah so it's, it made a certain amount of sense but not so much to like kids you know of our generation a little, and a little bit before that where you know they were used to more cohesive type games so <laughs> <laughs> splunker sort of became really infamous and uh It just sort of stuck in everybody's mind because you know it was so it was so uh prolific and all that and then you know years and years go by and you know people get older and start to remember games fondly whether they were good or not and so splunker really became one of these pantheon games of like people who remember like the famicom era Hmm. and irem really jumped on that because they sort of made splunker into like their new mascot in a way like they would, uh, they made a little web comic on their website about Splunker Sensei, which was just like a regular-looking guy with, with like Splunker helmet on, and he would die really easily, at at you know on the school grounds and whatnot. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> and funnily enough, they made a little one-shot anime of that recently. And you can get that on DVD with the well, um, who's the guy who made Splunker? What's his name again? Tim Martin.
0: Is he living high on the hog on Splunker money? Like, <laughs> I would assume so because the
2: you know I, I did you know I've done some light research and I couldn't really find anything else that he made game wise. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> That's it. Uh, I that was his wrong. opus, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, you know, once it goes out to Rotor in Japan, it's like you know, <laughs> it's like uh, some celebrity making all this bank off a commercial in Japan. You know, like Tommy Lee Jones or something. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, what did he what did he hawk in Japan? Boss coffee.
0: And oh, the, you're yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Tommy Lee Jones, uh, uh, I, bringing back Batman Forever. Not to jump off Splunker for I just remembered something. Sorry, that was one of the first like instances of like n- a nerd outrage uh, that I experienced as a kid because I was like, wait a minute. In the first Batman, uh, Harvey Dent was a black guy. He was Lando Calrissian. And, yeah, yeah like, I was like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Also, Batman was, like, I didn't think, well, Batman's a different person, too. Hello. <laughs> mm. uh, so, yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Ray. But he's still white. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, that's true. He just changed, uh, I don't know, some
1: technology. Val Kilmerd. Yeah. yeah,
2: that's fine. That was a valid tangent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Oh, I should say also that they actually made like a, a sequel to Splunker. Irem did themselves for the Famicom. And mm-hmm. it's, but it's a completely different game. It's more of a platformer type thing, and there are different uh, characters you can play as, you know, and then switch between. And it's not really like Lost Viking style, but things that, you know, would help you uh, to change characters with. Um, but yeah, like I said, it became really sort of <laughs> this weird sort of touchstone of nostalgia for, for the Japanese, and it was a real sort of cultural exchange Hmm. i always find it really weird because you always find you know little tributes and parodies and things you can look on youtube and find any number of like rock bands who did covers of the music and stuff like that and and pianists and and things like that um
0: can you can you talk about the uh i guess there was a was a remake in 2008 i think it was or maybe
2: 2009 a couple years uh, ago psn right yeah spelunker hd that's on psn it's actually you know pretty good i mean it's not it's not like a actual remake. I mean, all the levels are different and stuff, and but it is still pretty much the same game in the way that most people remember it. There's a cool graphics change mode where you can choose between the new graphics or the NES style graphics, hmm. and that's what I really like. The fact that it became this sort of, like I said, a naturalized citizen, because it was Splunker was released here and everything, but it just didn't really grab anyone, I think, right? Because yeah. everybody here was just sort of Ironically, all about Japanese games, like Mario and Sonic and all that stuff. You know, people of our generation. Um, so it was just, like I said before, it was a nice little cultural exchange. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, uh, we have games that... We have, we love Japanese games that did not take off there right. as well. Like, uh, some examples do you have? Uh, definitely Blaster Master, Right. which is sort of like a non-starter in Japan. Uh, sort of the same thing with Bionic Commando and uh, uh, to. Go back to you, DuckTales. Right. I yeah. mean, all those Disney games didn't really catch on fire as much, at least in terms of mind share. <laughs> and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I feel like, the, yeah, the properties themselves just didn't yeah. hold the same weight there that they did here. And yeah, and, and also, like, years later, it's like those stick in our minds, but not so much for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, same sort of thing with Splunker. And uh, yeah, it's just one of those things I find fascinating. It is pretty interesting. Yeah. Just the history of that weird, weird American it, game. It became that... one of these Pantheon games for them. Yeah. It's, it's really I cool. think
0: uh, Load Runner they mm-hmm. also kind of latch onto that not as much as spelunker though but no, I, that's I,
2: also that was also a broader bun game yeah yeah hmm. yeah that was fondly Weird. remembered hudson did that over and there i can
0: say uh there's a kind of a spiritual sequel in uh, spelunky which mm-hmm. is a uh, free indie game that soon i i hope soon will be on xbox mm-hmm. live arcade and it's like sort of like spelunker in that it's very difficult and there's lots of things right waiting to kill you but in spelunky you can actually fall pretty far without instantly dying yeah and uh, the whole entire world is procedurally generated, so it's like a different game every time you play. It. So it's like a fun, like, toy box slash game mm-hmm. that's pretty hardcore. And uh, <laughs> if you want to play it, just look it up. It's just uh, Spelunky, like how it sounds. I'm not going to spell it because I'd have to write it down first. <laughs> uh, but I recommend it. Also, you should give Derek you money because he's a good guy and he makes
2: good yeah. games. Mm-hmm. I should also say that recently IREM's been having some troubles. And they I guess they recently sort of gave the Spelunker rights... All their rights back over to Tozai, who also published some IREM games here and stuff like that. So, like, the future of Splunkers, kind of, uh, you know, cloudy, but uh, I think his legacy will live on for sure.
0: Speaking of IREM, do you think the next disaster report is going to be about running IREM?
3: <laughs> oh. oh.
1: That's not in the Christmas oh. spirit. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. I love Iram
0: and I'm kind of sad that next disaster got report got extra won't come chill over outside. here. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, uh thanks for uh, visiting me guys and uh Cat Bailey was supposed to be here but there are many wolves outside so yeah. we only hope she's okay. <laughs> and uh, I'll text her later. I'm like, are you inside of a wolf? <laughs> no. Hopefully it'll say no. No. So yeah.
2: Yeah, thank you very much.
0: Yes. have a happy holiday and uh, I'll see you guys in the new year. Absolutely. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, guys, I have to go prep the Wasalematic for our next guest, but hey, let's listen to my number four pick, "Frezizi Peak" from Banjo Kazooie, composed by Grant Kirkhope of Rare. Uh, this one actually came in from uh, fellow Retronauts Sam Playborn. You've heard him on many episodes, guys, and uh, he recommended this one heartily, so I couldn't turn him down. And at this point, I should probably state that. All the other music you're listening, aside from my top five, actually come from um, you guys. I, I put out a question on Twitter. I asked, uh, "What are some great Christmassy or wintry uh, video game songs?" And you gave me a ton of uh, great, uh, you know, great picks. So hey, thanks to you guys, and you're going to hear a lot of these throughout the show. So, uh, but for now, let's let's listen to "Freezy Peak" from uh, Banjo Kazooie. Do you have elves? Uh, I don't have elves. Okay. Sorry. Keeping track. My next guest is Mr. Scott Sharkey. Hi. Who has decided to uh, journey to my Christmas cabin in the woods, uh, fending off the many polar bears and uh, dangerous seals.
4: Okay. Well, that I guess, through the ice I, guess and... I live here now then.
0: Uh you have to leave after this. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, uh, we, good. I we, mean I was worried I wouldn't. Uh there's not a lot of oxygen in this in this little cabin and uh <laughs> I think the uh the heater's throwing off a lot of carbon monoxide. But we're safe. All the cheerleaders locked in the basement are using up all the oxygen. They are uh celebrating Christmas with me this year. So
4: <laughs> celebrating. Uh anyways, they I, I got fed this week.
0: Yes, of course. Gruel, low protein gruel. So Sharky, mm. what are you bringing to the Christmas table
4: in the spirit of oh, giving? Oh god, what could we do? Um how about how about I, can I make a Wishlist? Can I sit yes, on your lap? Can I, can I awesome. ask you what I want for Christmas? Yes, Sharky. Actually, well, first I could probably run down the stuff I have asked for Christmas and, okay. and how much I regret those things. Uh, are these Christmases <laughs> past? Yes. Okay. Well, No, they're not Christmas future. I don't have regrets until things happen. Okay, gotcha. But you so know, you,
0: you have not seen your own gravestone yet that said I should have asked for like the Wii Fit or something. I have, but oh, you, know, right. I,
4: I, you have to ignore those things. You never get anything done. That's true. Um, God, I do remember uh, some years ago asking uh, for somebody to make a binocular eye toy. And thinking that was going to be the tits, and that never uh, that that happened. And uh, a binocular eye toy. Yeah, I know. Well, that, how does that what, work? The novel idea. Well, you'd use two cameras to you know determine movement. Oh, of, so yeah. basically that's what the connect. That's what it was. Okay, yeah. gotcha. I, asked, I asked for one of those for Christmas last year. And, and have,
0: how many paychecks have you seen so far based on this? How many paychecks? Yeah, like royalties. Uh, I haven't royalties. seen any paychecks. Period. These oh, days. Oh man. But, uh,
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, I I would I wouldn't mind uh, selling it. Mm. i have one now it, it tells me when i need to dust the house that's true i've so, actually
0: uh i've actually seen you arguing with your connect and in person and uh it seems like a real odd couple relationship
4: it, it, well it, no it's entertaining in and <laughs> of itself i mean sometimes i ask it to recommend a movie to recommend something like dinner with schmucks and then then i slap it well wow. that's you know,
0: that's it, that's grounds for you know setting being set on fire well it's like a, it's like a member of the household you I know? Guess it's, so. it's, it's like
4: a dog that you know doesn't do anything but shit on the rug and,
0: <laughs> you know, so you just it's, love it too it's, much to send it away I can't help it. So, so what um, else was on your uh, excuse me wish list, Sharky? I
4: don't know. I remember asking for a Nintendo once.
0: How did that turn out?
4: Um I got one. Okay. Uh, you know like 4 years later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel so bad. I really hope my parents never listened. That's to this That's a delayed
0: stuff, uh, wish. At least they followed through. Well, we
4: were very poor. Yeah, It, it was it was Kenny's family, essentially. So we did have the ColecoVision and the black and white TV up mm. until, like, 1990. Um, and then eventually a, a video store went out of business, and they were selling off all their, their uh, Nintendo games. And I guess my parents got to it after everybody picked over everything that wasn't crap. Mm. Um, so I got, uh, for Christmas, Taboo the Sixth Sense and uh, um, Total Recall. And racket attack
0: my, my nes uh actually the way i got my nes was bathed in tragedy my parents
4: got divorced oh and my grandma and got me an nes present? yeah it's just like here cheer up here's a video game and i was like that's what i wanted oh yeah i wanted you guys to get divorced and a nintendo so
0: it was like the parent trap but i was like i don't want them to get back together i want the nintendo mm. and me to get together so i don't know what would you want for
4: uh, for christmas bob for christmas
0: i would want man this is tough Sky's a little bit anything tough.
4: you want. I mean, this is Miracle and Thirty Fourth Street territory. Um, uh,
0: I would like a, I would like a Nintendo game, like how they made games maybe ten years ago. So,
4: like Skyward Sword
0: uh no not at all uh my my problems with skyward sword are legendary but uh this is not the time or place i just
4: i I was just i was baiting you
0: oh no no i understand it just uh for me nintendo games have like far too much guidance these days and i I Mm -hmm. really miss their style of game where they let you explore and poke around which i think
4: miyamoto quote-unquote retired yeah (laughs) did you get your wish
0: um, you know what I think they just chained him back up to whatever radiator he clawed himself that way from because they're like how did you like you can't give statements to the press you're not your own person you're Nintendo I really hope that comes true I, yeah that's a good Christmas wish thank you like I want Miyamoto to be, to be able to work on games not just to be like a face or a rubber stamp I want him to like do what he did best
4: It's been a long time. Yeah, and
0: I feel like his lack of involvement on whatever level he used to be involved with. I mean, to be fair, he didn't direct a lot of games, uh, you know, that were we love, but he still was really, really like integrated with the teams. Yeah. He seems to be far removed from them like on a pedestal. What exactly
4: did he have to do with Star Fox? Just for Um, future reference.
0: God, I think that was more Argonaut Software, at least the original Star Fox. I thought so too.
4: Hmm. But, you know, Miyamoto.
0: So I guess that would be my wish. Like, let's get Miyamoto back on the games. Let's Let's give Nintendo games like back to rational thinking adults and maybe put a kids mode in that's optional.
4: Okay, yeah. so if you push a button that says "I am a child," it'll then it'll give you all the tutorial stuff. and right, an right. owl will yell at you. Exactly,
0: a lot. or like something will jump out of your sword and point out something that two people just pointed out to you like a second ago. So yeah, yeah that's that my wish. That thing you've
4: been doing for the last hour. Here's how you do that. It's
0: like I'll remind you what a key does. It's like if you don't know what a key does, you should not be playing a game. You should be like attending some adult learning course or you something. You just pressed A. Yeah. Here's how you press A. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's my wish. Uh, Miyamoto, please come back and make games, and you'll make my Christmas bright. That would be lovely. Yes. Hmm. Any, I, other, I, any I, other wishes?
4: I want a good horror game, honestly. Ooh. Um... What's, I what's the last uh, good time? horror game you played? Last good horror game, Minecraft. Mm. I think. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I'm sorry, that thing actually uh, manages to frighten me more often. I would than say pretty much every survival horror game I have played in the last eight years. It's really the, feels so, like
0: the most authentic zombie game out there because it's it all about that. like barricading yourself and like waiting for like the. It coast to be clear. that.
4: It's also re- really accomplished in that uh, nothing happens that has anything to do with zombies ninety percent of the time. You know, until you hear something behind you. Yeah. And it's then like, it startles you. It's like, wow, I've just been sort of vegging out, breaking bricks for a while, and now there's a zombie. So yeah. that's effective. Um, yeah. No, I, I would actually like a really good paranoia kind of horror game. That's true. You know, like like the Thing, except not, you know, the Thing game. Oh,
0: that's right. Hey, th- there's a topic.
4: I know you've talked about it before. I have. I just, I, this is a this, okay, is a this is a, a bad a, time. This for is it. a drum for me to beat on, <laughs> and I'm still doing it. 2002,
0: but. PS2, GameCube, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Was it GameCube? I, I think can't. Maybe just PS2. Yeah. I think
4: I used it for skeet shooting a long time ago. Right. So, so that remember. was a bad example. It was a terrible example. But well, I mean, it was one of those things that got it right on the f- surface. I mean, it looked like the thing. But I mean, you could even do the blood test deal. But then you would get guys after you cross an invisible threshold turning into the thing, even though you never left them alone since you blood tested them like five seconds ago. It was arbitrary. It it was completely arbitrary. It it totally defeated the point. I would love something like that except multiplayer.
0: What kind of a premise do you think it would have? just well, like uh like well, a shape-shifting monster something anything you can't like see that. Yeah, you could
4: do it like the old werewolf forum game that would be perfect hmm. you know just one of the one of those things where everybody has a hidden agenda it doesn't right. even have to be horror it just has to be people manipulating each other and, and knowing what their win conditions are but nobody else knowing what they are unless they can figure it out from your behavior hmm. that i think would be brilliant that sounds interesting it sounds extremely complicated which yeah. is why i haven't made it myself
0: so. we can we, we need to attach a, a prominent license to it and then it'll sell
4: well there's a new thing movie oh Oh, right. So, I think we should forget about that, though. We probably <laughs> should. It, oh, it was just like the other thing, except not as good and as a chick.
0: Yeah. So. And we finally find out what happened. To, well, like where that dog came from. We had no idea. The burning question. Yeah. Where did the dog it was come from? all those from? English-speaking Norwegians. Yeah. Apparently. I guess so my i guess one of my wishes would be i just watch the vgas and i would like a world where those don't exist anymore that would be lovely yeah, wouldn't it? yeah. and for all you people who say complaining about the vgas makes you just as bad no it doesn't no, no it doesn't no it, it doesn't
4: means you're complaining about something that's shitty uh
0: i think i pointed out on twitter like uh the last words left behind my civilization will be and now charlie sheen to present the award for best shooter it'll be like etched <laughs> on a stone amongst the charred ruined cities and you know, that's
4: the kind of thing where they would book Charlie Sheen and then be pissed off that he was coked to the gills. Yeah. I mean, because this is the VGAs we're talking about. They booked Steve-O oh. like two or three years ago, I think. Did he show up
0: and, in, a, in an altered state? Oh, Wait. apparently
4: he showed up at the, the rehearsals really drunk.
0: Okay, that sounds um, like Steve-O. And then they
4: kicked him off. But you're the guys who booked Steve-O. I mean, this is a guy who wears a merkin made out of live bees. And, and he, he has a tattoo of himself yeah. on his own body, right? So, And I heard all this from Sam, who met him at a bar where he was drowning his sorrows about not being on the VGAs, oh, or okay. just because he's Steve-O. Yeah. And, yeah, not really much of a sense of uh, perspective,
0: I think. So, yeah, those. baby Jesus, if you can hear us, please take away the VGAs and give us
4: something better. And it turns out they all die of the pox next week, and, <laughs> and this is admit, admitted as evidence. You, you can't take me to court for this. Yeah, you can. I don't you know. You said it on the internet. That's you true. You wanted something bad to happen to somebody, and you're accountable for that.
0: If anything, they should fear me, for my words are filled with magic. Oh. Yes.
4: Are you granting wishes?
0: Um, are you an elf? I'm going to find out if they all die from smallpox next week. Okay. It's like, Charlie, well, Charlie, let Charlie let Sheen found dead in the streets, and I'd be like, "That's that seems like plausible, you know? But then it's like mysterious virus every day that
4: doesn't happen i'm really surprised yeah well
0: yeah. we're getting really mean-spirited aren't we <laughs> i think so that's not in the christmas spirit well sharky yeah that's
4: exactly the christmas spirit where the hell have you been
0: oh i guess i have happy christmases how about money money oh for christmas yeah is that your christmas wish tens and twenties yeah. yeah raining from the sky uh, exclusively over my room that'll work and i'll just get a pool skimmer and just like pluck them from the sky each one with a unique serial number because yes. they're snowflakes all right yeah untraceable yeah. Uh, yeah. So, hey, Sharky, thanks for coming to visit. And, oh, it was uh, my joy. Try to find the remains of some of the other visitors that have come up here. There are many wolves and uh, other dangers. <laughs> and
4: uh, thanks again. Goodbye, Yep. as I go to my death.
0: wasn't that a hoot i'll tell you what i have to make a quick run to the basement for some more wreath freshener but in the meantime let's listen to my number three pick chocobo's happy christmas from the game chocobo's mysterious dungeon uh which is composed by masashi hamazu who you might recognize as one of the composers of final fantasy 13 soundtrack um this song mixes the classic chocobo theme with some more familiar christmas themes and um i think it's pretty great and i ask you guys to listen quietly and enjoy I'd like to welcome my uh, my latest guest tonight, and uh, I'll let them introduce themselves. Let's start with uh, who's sitting in the comfy, cozy chair to my uh, left.
5: This comfy, co- cozy chair is occupied by Jose Otero. I work for <laughs> One Up, and I decided to vid- visit you in the cabins in the wood today with uh, my friend sitting to my left.
6: I am Terry Schruder. When I am, those motivations have been ascribed to me. They're not my own. I'm only <laughs> here because. Hey, it's cold out there, but yeah. not cold in here.
0: No, I've got I've got warm <laughs> cups of uh, various nogs and uh, and potions for you to sup on. So it looks like uh, people have been here before us. I'll what what yeah. happened to them? Did you kick um, them out? They had to leave. They were causing uh, quite a stir, and uh, I, I have certain rules you, in this place. I run do you a you say chip. leave?
6: Do you mean like leave this Mortal Coil?
0: Uh, it's maybe. Have you seen them? Did you see them on the way here? Because, no, okay, I didn't uh, see a thing. Oh, wow. Uh, we should wait 24 hours, just you know, not to bother the police. But you guys. Are are here for a very important reason you guys are here to actually uh share some topics with me today uh since uh, we don't make a lot of money we we give the gift of topics to each other every christmas um wow. and will wow. let hey listen that's some uh, depressing
3: <laughs> shit <laughs> it's a
0: more meaningful gift than a material Man. thing that will take up space in a landfill one gonna, day. we got you totally beaten by
6: the little drummer boy <laughs> i thought <laughs> he had a bad gift yeah
0: mm. so jose yeah uh what is your topic for today
5: my topic Rather is... Rather tonight, sorry oh, about tonight. that. Yeah, my topic tonight is uh, last week on Friday, Nintendo gave the ambassadors that last batch of games. And a game on that list that I'm surprised I am enjoying a lot more than I did almost 10 years ago is Metroid Fusion. So okay. I wanted to talk a little bit about Metroid Fusion. So maybe. Metroid Fusion uh, GBA came out 2002? 2002 uh yeah and it, it's weird because um if you if you look at some early footage you can tell that that game went through a, a, a lot of changes uh, originally what they showed is metroid 4 and i tried to show you this back when we were at the office there was like a, an early like screens and video where the art style changed dramatically from what they had started with to sort of how it ended i guess it was like sort of a prototype build but i don't know i don't think nintendo shows that stuff very often hmm. so that's why it kind of struck me but it's probably I,
0: like an e3 video or something like that they yeah. just played in the background at some convention
5: and it's weird to play Fusion now after having played Other M because they almost oh. feel like, well, they almost feel like the sisters. same sisters. The same, yeah, <laughs> sisters, very much. But um, it feels like for Fusion, they at least had a better idea of what they were doing.
0: Well, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Well, there is a Metroid timeline, quote unquote. But I, I think the Metroid Prime games take place between like older games. Is that correct?
5: Well, it's weird because once Other M started coming out, it's like Nintendo wrote off that they existed. So I don't even know if Metroid Prime is considered part uh, of the main timeline anymore. Because what? I.
0: I did not play a lot of uh, Metroid Other M. I'm not sure if you did either, Terry, but it seems like... uh well, Prime nope.
5: happened after Super Metroid. It's always okay. been... They, they've been either a little before or right after. I'm, I think it's before, because I know Other M is after Super Metroid.
0: Well, uh, Fusion tries to humanize Samus a little bit by giving her a, a long-lost... Uh, uh, authority figure slash love i don't know how the how you want to break it down but i guess they explore that more in metroid other m which i haven't played yeah, where his did. name is adam mm-hmm. uh, former commanding officer now uh sentient ai and that might be the spoiler is that Infusion. a spoiler what? It's, it's okay
5: it, I, I, yeah, you exactly. know I had, you've had 10 years to play this game and just because it came out on 3ds as an ambassador thing the other day it does not give you an excuse to have yeah. not played uh, Metroid Fusion. And I believe, like, a single
0: tear rolls down Samus's face. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like, in the in the relevatory scene where it's like, oh my god, they're the same person. Yeah, they're blah they're the blah,
5: same blah. person. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, but aside from that, like, what makes it good? Because this is a game that's really criticized for uh, its linearity and its insistence on story, which before Metroid games would be like, there's no spoken dialogue outside of maybe like the prologue, and after sure. that, it's all like visual cues that let you know what's happening. So,
5: well, I'm slowly feeling like the linearity is actually one of the better things of this game. I mean, it's not that I don't enjoy exploring uh, an, an open space, but I feel that in Super Metroid, there were a lot of times, or in any Metroid game before, um, where you can where you'd get lost and you just have absolutely no clue. And it, mm-hmm. I I, I kind of playing this game now, I I almost really appreciate the fact that before they had set me loose into a playable area where they don't directly tell me where something is half of the time the right. game starts out giving you very specific waypoints but then the objectives get a little more broad with each time or they'll say hey here's this room but you're there's no direct way you're going to get to it like you're sort of going to kind of figure it out the more you play um but there's a lot of abilities she she was given to and this was one of the few games that they did that were it was based sort of a, as a this is the furthest they've taken that timeline, right. right? They've never done a game after Fusion that sort of explains what happens to this weird Metroid hybrid
0: Samus. It's fuzzy to me because I just remember uh, all I remember is like there's Metroid One and then Two and then Super and then and then Fusion. Is that how it works? I guess if you okay. want to act
5: like other M and Prime didn't exist. Well, I mean, sure. I,
0: yeah. I I mean their stories actually had like a lot of text to them and stuff, so they're not as easy to like suss out as you True. know Metro uh, Samus fights space pirates samus finds a baby samus yeah. fights the pirates again yeah, yeah, yeah basically yeah
5: oh for sure yeah and it, it's just weird because uh it feels like the whole um the whole background uh, or or the the idea that metroid and aliens are are sort of related really gets shown a lot in oh, fusion oh yeah yeah you because mean like aliens in, as in like ridley yeah, scott's alien, aliens yeah, alien ridley okay. scott and aliens cameron, cameron was
6: aliens ridley scott was alien okay yeah 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 mm. you gotta get your plural no no like,
5: i meant that i director. meant like
0: plural al- well i guess there was only one alien an alien that was a very literal title sure yeah yeah
5: well, well the idea that you're trapped Wait, on a the, space the, station the
0: chestburster is an alien so there were two aliens an alien
6: Chess Bresser grew into an alien. Oh, that's
0: right. And and
5: there was only one. Forgive me, forgive me. I forget, yeah, Yeah. I forgot. Only one wreaked that much havoc. But the idea that you're on a space station with this, with, um... With a threat. Granted, I don't think the X parasite is namely the alien. I think more the, the thing that resembles the, the biggest threat is the SAX, which was also a really cool thing they did mm-hmm. in Metroid 4, in uh, Infusion that Samus has... Uh, I mean, the Prime games tried it, too, where she has a nemesis, but this was the one where it felt like you were afraid to ever run into this thing. Yeah, and... and uh, it was going to wipe the floor with you.
0: I remember in Prime 2, that was a big feature, like Dark Samus or whatever. And, uh, I mean, this is, not, this is not an uncommon idea. Like, Zelda 2 had Dark Link, and so did Ocarina of Time, but... Uh, in this case, she was much more imposing, correct? Because at mm-hmm. first you couldn't fight her; you had to get the hell out of yeah. there. Well,
5: she had all. She was you at your most powerful state. Okay, and she has. Whoa. She's basically made up. She's an ex-parasite who um, possessed your your uh, your, your arm suit or, something. or whatever. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. She basically they genetically like copy whatever they. The host and they eventually kill the host but this is an example where you know Samus being infected she survived a, mm-hmm. the the Metroid vaccine like it, it's so convoluted but <laughs> I know the, I'm
6: amazing you remember I was Metroid canon yeah like, yeah oh I love Metroid <laughs> I mean the, the last time I played Metroid was I was like a young young because I remember like oh it's a person in space like shooting stuff it's and a space then, lady yeah and then like I played Prime I'm like yep you're trapped on the planet it's in 3D I'm mm-hmm.
5: find more Ridley <laughs> find yeah.
6: more space pirates it's
5: well yeah and then she it, it's weird too because this even the tone of this story where she's like I've been genetically altered like by this uh by this metroid vaccine and And i'm like wondering is she like fugly now under the suit (laughs) like what's going
0: on you you only see her eyes though but um Mm -hmm. i remember instead of collecting the normal health power-ups you actually collect the virus and enemies drop the virus or whatever when you when you shoot them and
5: you have the same weaknesses as a metroid so you are like you're you're afraid of cold like the the sax fires a cold beam you could be frozen in place you actually like trade places with the prey i guess but um, I thought it was the best time uh, that they've ever done the whole doppelganger, like, dark version of a, of a, of a character in that game. Um, and granted, I think maybe what turned a lot of people off was it wasn't the fact that Samus spoke, but the fact that maybe she said a little too much.
0: Especially in the very beginning. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. There's maybe, oh, God, uh, you just played it. How many minutes do you have to sit oh, and wait God, through that? you're
5: waiting for a while. And yeah. you can't, this is before like, the advent of pressing start to skip or something like that. I or... think it was well after the advent, but uh, <laughs> oh, they, yeah, just cho- right. they just they yeah. just chose to
0: ignore it. They're like, yeah. no, this is important.
5: Yeah, you need to pay attention to this. Yeah. Uh, so so it's it, it, it's really a pain in the butt. But the, uh, the other weird thing about it that I don't think gets enough credit is that eventually that game does open up where you can go anywhere you want. You just have to get through everything that they do, sort of the way the the story like kind of throws these objectives at you. But then once before that final encounter, you can go anywhere within the BSL, the space station that you're you're sort of in. Hmm. Um, so I don't know. I, I still feel like the the and that's the point where you're going to really look for secrets and try and find things um, when you're a more fully powered up version of, of this character, right, right. when she's almost back to normal. Because even that was the other weird thing. Like they actually came up with a story explanation to why. She's so depowered,
0: and in, in further games, that was harder and harder to do. Yeah,
5: it, it, I mean, in Other M, it was ridiculous. She doesn't use it until her freaking CEO tells her. That's not you, a very I'm progressive. I'm a bounty hunter. Yeah. I do the fuck I want. Like, do you, know, you know where I mean? I've been? Yeah, yeah you exactly. Know, I, I eradicated a whole fucking species on sr 388. Yeah, or whatever like I'm called. a walking,
0: like talking
5: yeah, death squad. But apparently, she takes orders, and yeah. that was so weird. Um, and it's also kind of weird. I don't know. I, I guess someone just had to give that story on Other M another pass, because even stupid thing like things like the deleter and the baby you know? oh god yeah and how what many times the, the deleter the b- uh, the deleter was whoever in Other M was killing uh, members of the team who were sent in with Samus, but they the, were, you didn't know who it was. They were
6: they were called the deleter? That
5: was the name of the. Yes, yeah, she, she in her head said uh, this this thing, this person, the deleter. And it's they don't how like how dramatic. They don't
6: use the word murder in space. They use the word delete. <laughs> You've been deleted.
5: <laughs> yeah, it was so she the Matrix. It's so <laughs> ridiculous. It is so bad. I, I kind of wonder. Um, Sure. I don't know. Should, <laughs> should I bother playing Other M at all? Just uh, make it like a, I think no. you should. No, okay. I think I think everyone who who likes Metroid should. But I think you really <laughs> need to go in with maybe a drink, <laughs> yeah, or two, <laughs> because the story is pretty bad. You've Got
0: to be about half in the bag to play yeah. uh, Metroid Other wow. M. Yeah, it, it's
5: it's a, it's a it's a good game. It's just I don't know. That's that's another topic entirely. I'm just I, I feel strange because at the time Fusion came out, I I did not feel this way. Yeah, I kind of felt like. I mean, I didn't feel as betrayed as some people felt because a lot of people wanted Super Metroid again. I didn't want that, but I kind of felt like maybe it was too heavy handed in the storytelling. But now I feel that I can appreciate a lot more of the gameplay for what it was.
0: I think now also we're more grateful because we're not going to see another game like that in The Metroid series, mm. so it's like be thankful for, for what you have, and for what it is, it's a really good game. It's not, it's nothing like Zero Mission, which we could all probably all agree. Uh, yeah, that's probably the
5: superior Well, and That's the thing, Fusion kind of gave her the ability to climb, the ability to, to oh, yeah, she can yeah, grab on the ledges, grab on the ledges, and I, use it. I don't them think as, she as as could platforms. hang in
0: uh, Super Metroid, no, right? she okay. could
5: not. Yeah, there were so many little things they added to the GBA game besides making it a lot more colorful. But granted, right. given the platform it was on, this was before it was backlit, so I'm pretty sure they had to make everything a little vibrant. They tried the same thing, Konami tried the same thing with harmony of dissonance if you remember that Castlevania that was super like bright and colorful and it was so weird to be playing Castlevania that looked that way yeah yeah but you can obviously tell it was them just trying to work to the limitations of the hardware they were on at the time
0: right so, yeah. So, recommended.
5: Yeah, recommended. And it's free if you're an ambassador. I mean, wave your status in the air. Wow. <laughs> and if, if you're not... Um, then hang I, in there because uh, <laughs> it should be coming out. I'm pretty sure they're going to charge it. I don't think it's especially
0: it. rare. Like, whenever I'm in uh, game stores, I always see it like a GameStop for like 10 bucks for the cart. So, mm-hmm. if you've got a DS Lite or earlier or yeah, like a or Game
5: line lying around. I have one at home.
0: I have a GameCube yeah. player. It looks really nice on that. Yeah, yeah, If you you can afford it. Well, Mm -hmm. if you can, I don't know if they're rare either, but it's cool. You can knock someone over who has it. Yeah. Bob,
5: can I, uh, (laughs) can I, you can can borrow. (laughs) (laughs) Is it in this cabin? No,
0: no, no. No, Nothing valuable is here. I Ah. plan to, uh, yeah. Okay. Evacuate as soon as possible. Sure. Scooter or Terry. I decided to talk about some wizards. Uh, Terry has brought his list of top five wizards and a staff and a staff and a really awesome Dumb. hat uh i'm not gonna ask but, where you got that but um yeah lot, like go ahead a lot of thinking
6: and pondering and by a lot of it meant like a few minutes at home going <laughs> oh i need to talk about wizards don't i so there's a lot of there's quite a few, <laughs> few bit of wizards in video games like there are a lot of wizards that i will probably omit to mention just knowing my heart and in your heart they probably were the almost not quite list of the top five like maybe if this was a Imagine this is a top six list. Any wizard is list- a, a listener is saying it has been slided was probably number six. Yeah, that's
0: your slot, listener. You, <clears throat> yeah. you fill in whatever wizard you want.
6: No, actually, there will there will be <clears throat> some listener and participation from you guys as well for in this list of wizards. Okay, I have. so <clears throat> at the very least, start with number five. I would say Magic Koopa. Magic they are turtles that fly around and do stuff and in London mario lands i think when magic Koopas turns bowser big so if they're powerful enough to make the bad bad boss at the end like even bigger and better it's kind of cool that is awesome mm.
0: and yeah uh, yoshi's island magic koopa uh turns every little tiny enemy into like a big boss
5: like you said
6: so
0: yeah. and
5: they don't have turtle shells in that robe it's kind of weird it's like the and naked turtle and magic koopa.
6: what's <laughs> weird is apparently <laughs> exactly according, to according to the mario wiki they have apparently officially become the new elite trooper in place of the hammer brothers like, the Hammer Brothers eventually got phased out. They're like, oh. now ch- yeah. chucking hammers is like, nah, that's not cool anymore. But having a bunch of like little turtles in robes like flying around—is there like stuff. a
0: hierarchy of the Koopa army? You've got apparently. like King Koopa, <laughs> you've got the Koopa kids, and you have Magic Koopas.
6: Yeah, it's so finally something along those lines. Like the Magic Koopas are kind of like I don't know, like force recon or like, the like bishops in this the chess game. The right? <laughs> <laughs> so this is the so that's number five. I number, agree. Good number job. four is an I understand what participation one because. There are at, at last count at least fifteen Final Fantasies worth of Final Fantasies. And each one has <laughs> at least one, if not multiple wizards. Like in I say, it. Tela, yes. are you? So I will say insert your own wizard for Final Fantasy here. Oh, if you ask me, my version like of that. it, my version of it says I actually do have a soft spot for Tella because he throws like a spoon he throws a spoon at like the guy that's trying to mac out his daughter. But I also like Fusoya from Final Fantasy IV because he's an old man who comes from the moon and teaches you how to do medio. I think he teaches radio how to do media, if I remember correctly. I think you're but, right, yeah. Yeah, I just think it was cool, like, an old-ass man from, like, the moon just comes in and starts kind of rocking it, gandalf yeah. Style. Yeah, like a last-minute edition, too. I just
5: remember Final, Final Fantasy Pol- VII never had a wizard. Seven, uh, Well,
6: I guess Aeris is almost a wizard, but then she gets up getting clipped. She gets so, yeah. clipped. <laughs> how about Ketchi? catchy what? oh it's like oh, kate sith
0: w- no, yeah that's not a wizard. he's the blue wizard of that of that game i don't think there's a you straight up wizard so? wizard yeah because he's I the know. guy that learns the magic he's an
5: automatron thing he's it. a
0: he's a secret uh uh remember
6: of shimra he's a furry i yeah, also like I, I also like the palman porn because they're like the weird wonder twin kid wizards one's black one's white magic, oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. it's kind of cool. cool that for kids they like they totally step up when the time is right and they become they turn themselves a stone over stuff yeah. some walls were collapsing on you I'm like holy crap i don't think i could have done that they're the most <laughs> like
0: virtuous in that situation yeah. too they're like don't yeah. worry we'll kill ourselves and uh, and then come that's back just eventually. my personal
6: thing for my ff4 if i had to narrow down an ff wizard to one i'll probably pick just good old black mage because he reminds me of that of arco from he-man mm, I would, but oh go ahead uh, yeah but i would say like here's the audience participation. like you can now name like final fantasy wizards you think should be number four but number four in general is like a wizard from final fantasy i,
0: I want to name mine go. uh i believe it is stragos from uh ff6 ah. because he's a loving grandfather and he has ra- uh, radical blue magic that can just rock everyone's face off i like it yeah and okay. he comes did i say he's good music i think i did <laughs> Yeah, those are the two elements, if I may remember most. I think
5: I would have picked the uh, Orko from Final Fantasy IX. I'm forgetting uh, his name right now. Uh, Vivi, Vivi. or Vivi, however yeah. you want to say which it, which like is in black mage that looks like Orko. From yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And that, That's why I said that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah No, I like that no, one a lot.
6: That's, but yeah, but see, like, his participation. Like, insert your fu- your favorite Final Fantasy wizard as number four. Yes,
0: please leave your favorite wizard in the comments.
6: Number three, and I think this is significant because you think this person will be higher is Gandalf.
0: Oh. So I guess Gandalf has appeared in many a game. Predictable, Jose. Predictable, no, it's like he's the, the,
6: he's like the wizard archetype. Like when you you know he's from he's he's one of the reasons why Dungeons and Dragons, which then begets a lot of video games, kind of exists because the you know magician archetype is based on Gandalf. That's and true. I forgot, I forgot where exactly I read this, but I remember hearing once about like when they made D anD D. This is before they had the word "advanced" from it, which is called Dungeons and Dragons. Right. They're like, okay, the level cap at the time was twenty. So they're like, Gandalf is such a badass dude that he'll be level 23. So, that A, <laughs> players can never achieve him, even though later on they said, oh, yeah, DD goes up to like level, I don't know, 50 to 100 by now. Yeah. But at the time, 20 is like, players can never achieve him. And even if you are the highest powerful player at level 20, you can still be beaten by Gandalf. Well, you can play as him if you cheat. I think so, probably. An all Gandalf party. And also, Gandalf, like, I think re watching, uh, because. I think either Stars HD or Stars or Encore had like Lord of the Rings on recently, mm-hmm. and re-watching the beginning of the Two Towers, they talk about how like yeah Gandalf like straight up fought a Balrog for like four days straight of just fighting. Not in the movie. A lot of yeah. fighting and screaming. One well, of the four
5: days in the movie.
6: Yeah, no, it was like recap convinced. and that they and I remember Skyrim was commenting about how they reminded like get you know, a lot of wizards, they tend to be like glass cannons where there's like frail old guys behind behind like magic. But Gandalf had a staff in one hand and a sword in the other. Wow. He got he, he got into the fracas.
0: So you like Gandalf the Grey as opposed to Gandalf the White?
6: Yeah, Gandalf the Grey is pretty damn cool and he took down a Balrog. I guess the he's kinda of cool as white also. He leads he leads people around in charges and yeah. just kind of gets stuff going on. But Gandalf is pretty powerful and badass but he's only number three wow i can't wait to see number two and one are two is Vardy saliva are particularly particularly appreciates the phrasing i use in two and for wizard number two i steal from time's playbook time being time magazine by saying wait the player oh it's like i'm wizard ah. of the year or wizard of all time <laughs> the player wizard because no matter what when people can make especially no matter when rpgs when people can make wizards they're always going to be some weird min maxing guy some guy that figures out the bizarre formula with it that breaks the game rules that says this wizard can now kill anything in the game in like four hits hmm. kind of things so i always say like players are always ingenious and do some crazy things and cool wizard stories always come from players so i said the player wizard is probably the number two wizard of all time in video games Hmm. so i, the, I,
0: I can't disagree with that so terry who is our number one wizard so of all I realize time
6: this will probably be very contentious and i can see people saying no this is wrong whatever but in my heart i feel that when i think of a like, wizard in a video game i always think of this dude first and it's also very unique because as we talked about earlier like for example like gandalf other things like there wizards in other media that blend the games but this one is a wizard that's only that video games can call their own that no other media has quite grabbed or like stolen from and if you ask me the name of a wizard video game, I always go Eggplant Wizard. Oh. Because it's a damn eggplant with a staff and a robe. <laughs> he throws eggplants at you that transforms you, a demigod, into an eggplant. That's true. That is kind of crazy. Yeah. Wait, for context, I, what game? Tell them the game. Oh, Chris. yeah. All right. That is and, just amazing. Uh, you're like a... You're pit. You're like half... Because you're... Yeah, you're half... You are class with demigod. Like, aren't you half like...
0: Pit is like the son of Zeus and, and so, somebody else, like yes. probably immortal. So
6: you're flying around, you're shooting arrows, and this like weird eggplant with a face like throws <laughs> something at you, and you turn into an eggplant also. That's just kind of crazy. And, and it's
0: a big pain in the ass to get out of eggplant form. Yes it's I like
6: of all the enemies like that's like the one that screws you over the most and it's just kind of like it's video game's own wizard no one has co-opted the crazy eggplant wizard and I love how bizarre and creative and z- wack, wacky he that is, is weird
0: wow that's an awesome number one he choice my
6: favorite like wizard of all time in video games and so forth I'm
0: trying to think I don't know if uh, <laughs> Japan had like an anti-eggplant sentiment at the time but in Adventure <laughs> Island uh, you collect fruit and stuff to build up your stamina meter and if you if you collect an eggplant it has an angry face and it chases you and it depletes your stamina oh, so man. there are anti eggplant sentiments in these See, games. See, now, what's
5: the bonus fruit in Ice Climber? So I don't know if they had... Oh, there's answers. eggplants yeah. in that too. Yeah, wow. there are. Yeah. But they, someone they don't just do like, They just have weird faces on them, or at least it looks like faces. They just creep me out. Did the kid.
0: eggplant not come to Japan until like 1985? <laughs> it must have been they're like... They're like, what some... is
5: this mystical object? Put is it, it evil? Is it good? Yeah, I don't exactly.
0: know. Yep. No, yeah. I, I imagine eggplant was a part of oh, Japanese man. cuisine for a while.
6: Yeah, yeah. But yeah like a, a weaponized, wizardized eggplant is is something you don't want to broker no... No. No. Yeah. No messing with. We can only hope he's in uh, Uprising.
5: And Pitt is uh, Zeus kid number what? Five, Zeus gets six? around. Yeah, dude, that that... dude is
0: uh, the biggest deadbeat dad.
5: Mm-hmm. I remember
6: someone commenting about how Zeus is kind of like the master of onage because <laughs> <laughs> Zeus is the kind of guy that will have an affair with your girlfriend while as a bird. And his reaction when you, like, catch him, is it to, like, turn, Is like, cast lightning to do anything? He just goes, like, fuck it, I'm out of here. He just, like, flies away. <laughs> this bird's going to nonchal- fly. Yeah, nonchalantly. He's just like, I'm a bird. I just, I just slept with your girlfriend and then I'm a bird. Right and then now. you're
0: like, come on, honey, a bird? Seriously.
6: <laughs> and he flies on up. He goes, like, yep, I'm Zeus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just doing what Zeus does. You well, know. guys, I thank you again for visiting me, but your time here is over. Oh, man. Oh, and, Wait, uh, what kind of
5: over? The <laughs> is, this, is this our tour of the basement? I'm now? just
0: saying, be very careful when you go out there because uh, uh, just if you see a bear, look them straight in the eyes, and you can usually intimidate them that way. That's what I've heard. Wow. Mark Trail taught me that. It was in several of his comics.
5: Oh, okay.
0: And if you get hungry, you can always eat pine cones.
5: I'm scared of Bob now. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's go for the door. Okay, guys.
0: (laughs) Have a nice Christmas or holiday season. Your choice. boy look at that wind let's hope our last guest made it down the mountain without too many fatalities anyways i have to attend to a small but manageable ornament fire but in the meantime let's hear my number two pick for christmas eve video game music it's diamond dust act two from the saturn version of sonic 3d blast so sit back relax and let the music wash all over you as you experience the only good thing to ever come out of sonic 3d blast i'll be right back special guest here tonight, and I'll let him introduce himself.
7: Hello? Is there a Bob Mackie here? Uh, speaking. Hi, Bob. My name is Matt Leone, and I'm here to talk about Street Fighter. Don't I work with you? Okay, I thought so. You nice try. Called, you just called this whole setup stupid, so you what? can't blame this on me. No, no,
0: no. It's not stupid. It's uh, it's it's, it's a new tradition I'm starting. Where I like it. Uh, I think we should all like come together for the holidays, even though we're not at work right now. Okay. So in the
7: mountains in a cabin. Yes. Gotcha. It's very, it's very warm in here.
0: I know, I know. It's, uh, I'm burning a lot of old magazines to keep warm. Oh, that's that smell. That's what you smell too.
7: I thought you were gonna go for a game for reference. It was gonna get really sad. Oh no, no, <laughs> yeah. no.
0: I'm only burning back issues of um, Field and Track, okay. or Track and Stream. Sounds. Good. Or what? Field and Stream. Track and
7: Stream.
0: <laughs> it's for a very, very selective audience. But right. uh, Matt, in the tradition of giving, I've had all of my uh, coworkers come up here to give me a topic to discuss. So, mm. what is your topic, Matt?
7: My topic is Street Fighter, but not the Street Fighter everybody's played. The Street Fighter that <laughs> came before that, that, that kind of literally launched it all. no
0: one has played. Have you played it? Like, oh, yeah, uh, absolutely.
7: Okay, Street Fighter 1. I played it multiple times. I was the weird guy who, after Street Fighter 2 became famous, I went back and tracked down the original... Like. Um, so the original Street Fighter 1 was an arcade game, but then they also ported it to TurboGrafx. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I went back and got that version after Street Fighter 2, even though it was far worse and like so super simplified and everything, but I was just like so interested and I would would purchase anything Street Fighter related at that point. Right. That some like little half-assed earlier game I was so excited by it just because it was a little bit more Street Fighter. I didn't okay. anything at that point.
0: So this is a Capcom game, right? And uh, what year yeah. was this? 89? 88? I'm not good with time 87? Buttons,
7: but somewhere in there, yeah. Late
0: 80s. And it actually came out here, uh, I guess for TG-16, oh, yeah. under the name Fighting Street. Yeah, yeah. I don't which, know why um, they changed the name. But. Chris Kohler and I had a, had a theory that got, got a cut out of a previous episode because of the laptop. But um, it was the fact that Nintendo had Street Fighter 2010. Mm-hmm. and maybe the term Street Fighter was a licensed trademark at that it could point be, but or something then Capcom like
7: that. had it back later. Oh, maybe it was like Nintendo exclusive. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. know.
0: It could be it could be weird like Wonder Boy, they couldn't use Wonder Boy so they made Adventure Island. That sort of deal maybe. We're just speculating here. Yeah. But uh yes, please please go on. Uh what is Street Fighter 1? Who is the amazing visionary who made it and mm. um what can you tell us?
7: Well, the the most notable part is that if you're going back now, you totally don't want to play it because <laughs> it'll kind of ruin what Street has evolved because each of the games since then have kind of like slowly bit by bit improved little details like the collision detection and kind of the the flow and the animations and, and all that stuff was hugely improved starting a Street Fighter 2 and it just kept getting a little better from there. Um, so if you go back, it's it's very kind of clunky, and you know you'll you'll swing at a guy, and if you're an inch away, you still might hit him, and that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, but I mean, that's most of the games at the time. I guess it was it was more important for Street Fighter than some games because it was so like you know one on one competitive, right. um, that kind of stuff mattered more than if it would in like a final fight type game.
0: And you can see the this, this sort of roots this kind of thing in uh, the creator's some of his earlier games, which we haven't mentioned him by name yet, but um, Kung Fu. Which came out for the NES, uh, I believe it was Kung Fu Master in the arcades, yeah, and, yeah. and it was called something else in uh, Japan. But, right. Uh,
7: yeah. So uh, the, the the this kind of started off because we posted this interview uh, maybe two weeks ago. I don't know something like this thing that, theirs. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, with Takashi Nishiyama, who now runs Dimps, but used to uh, be one of Capcom's kind of game directors. Um, And this was an interview It was kind of a big deal Because he hasn't done many of those So part of the the hook is that I wanted to kind of go back and talk about um his his old stuff because mm-hmm. he's he's had a lot of old like really well-known games from and he hasn't had a, a really uh, public
0: interview uh since yeah, yeah.
7: ever really right or, right yeah. yeah um but so then i i, I kind of just started with with street fighter one because i think that's the game most people know him for um not that they know him that well but um, and then he went on to do like Fatal Fury and Art of Fighting and a bunch of SNK's games and then went over to, to do Dimps, which is, you know, kind of done behind the scenes work on like Sonic the Hedgehog games and uh, Dragon Ball Z Budokai and all those. Um, so anyway, uh, the, the for me, the hook was the original Street Fighter just because no one really knows that much about it. I mean, I'm st- we still don't know that much, but... It's just kind of interesting hearing where that came from because it became this gigantic thing that right. no, no one really who knows that much And about.
0: one really interesting thing I read in your article was the fact that uh, his name's Nishiyama, correct? Yeah. That he was headhunted by SNK. So now, mm-hmm. if you think back to how all of the game credits were pseudonyms, we can see why. Because I mean, if oh yeah. yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure uh, he had a pseudonym too. I don't know if you yeah, know what it was. Yeah, he was Piston
7: Takahashi in the credits of oh, Street Fighter One. So it
0: wasn't so, uh, it wasn't so hard to figure out. It's like Takahashi. Hmm.
7: Yeah. Well. Uh, well, but still, like if you didn't know any more than that, I guess just so. kind of randomly walking into a company, you'd have no idea who, yeah. who to track down.
0: But uh so we still don't know who Fishman is,
7: but. We know who Piston Takahashi is. <laughs> That'd be an interesting feature. Just kind of track down the pseudonyms for people yeah, and, and I mean, seeing what they are now. Because companies don't do that anymore. Like, I think they have too much pride not to, th- to hide people. Hasn't
0: enough time passed, though, that uh, whoever Fishman was is probably like right. an executive at Capcom or whatever. Maybe he's even he could even be dead, for all we know.
7: I'm sure we could track down a lot of them. I, I, yeah. I doubt that many of them are going to keep the secret these days. Right. It's more just kind of putting the legwork. That's for next year. Look all forward right. to it. Wow. Um, but yeah, I, I love the game just from like the memories it gets back, gets, brings back because like just before this, I was kind of reminding myself of it. And if you watch footage of the original Street Fighter, if you play the original game, um, a lot of the stuff seems really broken and early and kind of, you know, like the animation in particular is really stiff. Um, but then there's a lot of things that are, that totally bring memories of, of like the games that came after back, like the little... It, when you're on the map screen and you're like your plane flies to a different place to right. go fight that guy, yeah. like the sound effects when you do like a Hadouken or something like that, um, or even some of the characters that at the time seemed so kind of bland and generic, but then they brought back in later games, like uh, Mike. Well, who, see, okay, so Mike is uh, yeah. the one that's kind of borderline. So some of them they actually did, like Gen and Adon and Sega and all those. Right. Um, but then Mike is the interesting one because he kind of looks like. Balrog, which was M. Bison. Right, Japan. his sprite doesn't look
0: like his portrait in the game. Not at all. Yeah.
7: But but just his sprite does kind of look like Balrog, and I'm not sure if that's like an actual carryover to the M. Bison character in Japan, meaning mm. Mike Tyson. Yeah, Mike, Mike, yeah. Um, but it could be i mean they never call it out but it seems like it could be
0: yeah that was the one kind of like vague connection i
7: saw aside from um sagat right and, and, uh, and, and there are other characters that they brought back later in like the street fighter alpha series and, and some of those but essentially and it was also notable because you really only played the main character rue oh know? that's
0: true yeah there was no uh, character select there was oh, ken wait, in two player that's right yeah
7: and i think technically if like you beat uh real using ken then you could use ken through the rest of the game or something like that Hmm. but it wasn't like a big everyone fights everybody game yeah it wasn't wasn't, like
0: learn all your moves it seems so obvious now that every
7: game is is like that but at the time it wasn't it's kind of like in in the first king of fighters uh in 94 when you could only select a a pre-selected group of three instead of being able to kind of create your own team when i played that i was like it's so obvious that the next game they're just gonna let you pick whoever you want but they just kind of have to baby steps
0: yeah and even in street fighter 2 there were four characters you couldn't play as i mean you could do it with like game genie or whatever but yeah
7: yeah. and i did yeah (laughs) i think everybody did
0: and game magazines were like you may ruin your game but i don't think that's true yeah i was okay with it so is street fighter 1 available uh, anywhere to play? Like if I wanted to play a home version, is it on like a Capcom? I feel like you actually know the answer
7: to this, and you're just uh, I don't. On. I really don't. Oh, okay. I should have looked
0: it up. I mean,
7: is it on a Capcom it's, collection? It's a or virtual whatever? console thing. Just it is. Recently. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Is they, that a TG? That's TG16, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. They brought that version over. Um, hmm. I think they might call it Fighting Street. I'm not sure exactly what the name is, but yeah, it's it's the Turbo Graphics version. Okay. Um, and as far as I know, that's that's the main place you can play it. I'm sure there's some way to play it on your computer if right? You really want
0: if you're listening to this you probably know how to do that yeah. and uh, should we talk about uh, anything else uh, I just forgot his name again is it Takahashi
1: <laughs> yeah okay Takashi. sorry
0: N- Nishiyama Nishiyama um, what else did he work on we talked about uh, Kung Fu uh, which, which saw was amazing sport. yeah, yeah. And uh, he also did. Was it I was moon? walking
7: past the GameSpot building the other day. They did that like Post-it thing on oh, their yeah, window,
0: yeah, yeah. and there's like the Kung Fu Master. Oh, that's right. There. Yeah, he's on there. Threw my um, mind. So what is it? Moon Jump, Moon Buggy, Moon. What's the name? Moon, moon Lander. Patrol.
7: Moon Patrol. Sorry, yeah. I know it's like Moon something. And uh, I mean, there's lots of games in, in in and amongst those. Like pretty much all of SNK's early uh, Neo Geo games, he had a big hand in. Right. He For created a um, uh, Fatal Fury. That was basically yes. his Street Fighter Two. At least that's how he right, says it. Right, right, right. Yeah, he positioned it as the next game after Street Fighter One, and it, it totally makes sense. I mean, Fatal Fury feels as much like a sequel to Street Fighter One as Street Fighter Two does, minus like you know the exact characters and sound effects and things. Right. Um, the timing doesn't really work in his favor as much with that argument, but you know, yeah, it, yeah. It, it totally makes sense. Um, but I, I think one of the the most interesting things to me is that early on as he described it he kind of had a big hand in the design of these games like Street Fighter and Moon Patrol and, and even before those like there was a game called Avengers that he worked on and, and some others so he, he had a kind of a long history there. Um, he, he kind of played a big role but as time has gone on, he's he's less and less had his hand in things. So I've seen a little bit of confusion where people assume he's kind of, like, the creator, director of every game that he has his name on. Right. But, like, more, more recent ones, like Street Fighter IV, Dimps played a, a huge part in. He personally didn't play that much of a role. in. like, he's he kind of the executive at the company, but he as he describes it, he like he doesn't have much to do with the design these yeah, days. Yeah, he didn't.
0: So. Uh, from reading your interview, which I should <laughs> mention, is uh, in 1UP Presents Issue 3, and it's on the website. Yeah. Uh, just to let people know where we're getting this from. Okay. Um he didn't seem like a guy that was uh, boastful or, or anything like that. He seemed like a very humble no. uh, humble guy, especially considering like the amount of, uh, I guess, pies he's had his fingers in all around the gaming world. You know what I mean?
7: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's had a big impact. Um, but I think part of it also is that he has actually become more of an executive than a game designer. So mm-hmm. and, and that's not that common. I mean, in, in some companies that happens. Um, but a lot of the time, people stay designers. They just kind of get to the top of the totem pole and, and help out maybe with multiple projects or something mm. like that. Whereas he seems to have actually made the transition to more of a businessman. It and feels like that that happened after he created Dimps, right? Kind of. But okay. also, like, if you look at the early stuff, he was talking about um, when he was... Moving from Capcom to SNK, one of the reasons he wanted to leave Capcom was because he wanted to play less of a hands-on role, and he wanted to kind of oversee a few teams, right, right. each playing more of a hands-on role. So, you know, he, you could tell he was kind of itching for that role as time went on. Hmm. And it was also kind of funny that he was like, yeah, um, when I was at SNK, kind of in the middle, like playing partially a design role and, and moving a little bit more into the executive role, that was kind of my ideal situation, like even more so than where I am now. Hmm. So it's it's not that <laughs> often that people admit that. So that's kind of cool. That was cool.
0: And uh, another thing I, I saw in your article was that, it, I guess, he, he takes credit for the idea behind the SNK uh, arcade system. The where multi-slot. Y- you switched yeah. out, uh, I guess, ROMs or whatever, instead of having to buy an entirely new uh, arcade machine. Right. But One thing I was wondering, uh, you know a lot about arcade stuff, Matt. Wasn't that a common practice with some arcade boards or did it well, originate? Well, you could
7: you could switch out one at a time, but it wasn't a common practice to have a board that you could put multiple boards okay, into. Okay, that, that's what that's what he did then, I guess. So, yeah, okay. like, like Neo Geo's big thing was, I mean, they, there were different versions. There was like a, a one or two or four mm. uh, slot that you could put different cartridges in, but then you would be able to select those. Um, that was, I think, the main thing that he, he thought would make this thing stand out in uh, like Central America and South America and places mm. like that. Cool. Yeah. I feel like we're just plugging the interview now. That wasn't my <laughs> no, intention no. Here. Uh, Basically, I, mean, I was inspired uh, to go back and kind of look into and play a little bit of the original Street Fighter just because of the, the article. So I, that's right. kind of what... I
0: mean, I think we should plug the article because you put a lot of work into it. and It's very good. And obviously, uh, the way you talk about it and you know the amount of work you put into it, you obviously are passionate about Street Fighter 1, which is a game a lot of people just uh, pretty much overlook and immediately jump to 2. You know, for the most part. As honestly, as you probably should. I mean, it's not... Because 2 is a
7: much better game. You can go back to 2
0: and have fun playing it, but I'm not so sure about 1. Because you're going to be like, what I would like about Street Fighter is totally missing here. Yeah, like, I think
7: if you go back to 2 now, it'll feel kind of dated. Like, you, you didn't notice it at the time, but each game changed it, like, a little more and a little more and became a little more polished and tight and whatever kind of Mm -hmm. generic words you want to use um but then if you go back to one you'll really notice it um but i think at this point if i'm going back that far i'm kind of almost doing it more for the history lesson than i am for the enjoyment okay so or at least for the first game so it's you know it's good from that perspective
3: yeah
0: it's a large part of talking and writing about retro games, a lot of them aren't that fun. But they're yeah. important. They're important to uh, history and uh, to what we do. Well,
7: yeah, I mean, I think this Street Fighter 1 is an incredibly important game, not because of its quality, but because of, like, the what's it, what it's created since then. I mean, yeah. Street Fighter 2 gets most of the credit, of course, because it's the game that kind of popularized all this stuff. Um, but Street Fighter 1 obviously led to a lot of the things that are in Street Fighter 2 and then all the SNK games as well. So hmm. I think without this little kind of spark at the beginning we wouldn't see a lot of the kind of fighting game genre as it is now which is for me the most exciting part of it
0: yeah very true and uh i think he his name should be uh, more well known than it is just because of what he created and i mean see he's still making games well not like yeah, well, making games is. personally but he's <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's dimps yeah and pretty I can, much i mean he runs dimps absolutely and i can say for all of the decade or so where people were complaining about why isn't there another, just another 2d sonic game why can't they just make a new one they did they made several and they were made by dimps in there and they're pretty good depending who you ask so some, uh, some
7: people are more up and some are more down but yeah, yeah i mean, I, mean I, I like those games fine yeah yeah cool well thanks a lot for coming in matt anytime and, uh, do i, I get you, like some marshmallows or cocoa or something you can take
0: uh one of one back issue of field and stream with you i will for the ride back some kindling yep I like it. stay safe matt Thank you. be careful Well, everyone, looks like we've reached the end of this year's Retronauts Christmas special. And as much as I would love for you to stay, it's the holiday season. You should be spending time with loved ones, not some weird guy from the internet. And traditionally, this is the part in the show where we usually do plugs, promotions, and beg for attention. But you know what? Not this time. If anything, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for continuing to listen to and support the show throughout 2011. And personally, I have to admit, I was a little worried about taking over the show back in August. But uh, your reception was both warm and welcoming, and I thank you for that. Uh, but before I sign off for good, hey, it's time for our number one Christmasy video game song. And if you know me like you should, you'd probably guess, it's from Earthbound. This version of the song I picked actually combines both winter-themed Earthbound songs from Winters. And one of those is actually from the game that preceded it, which is traditionally known as Earthbound Zero. But it's actually called Mother One. And um, yeah, so this one is composed by Keiichi Suzuki and Hip Tanaka, and I think you'll agree it's a real treat. And if you don't agree, I don't know. I don't know about you anymore. But anyways, uh, for Retronauts, this is Bob Mackey wishing you a happy holidays, and please, let's have a Patrick Swayze Christmas this year.